You're listening to highlights from the Creative Process interview with Dorothea Rockburn. To listen to the full interview or hear more about the Creative Process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. And it's interesting, of course, he gave you these books, but it's interesting how those walks also illustrate it. If you feel without the walks, the abstraction. The walks were amazing. We walked up every morning at 8 o'clock to, there's waterfall on campus at Black Mountain, and we walked to this waterfall, and, you know, he explained water to me. <laughs> you know, not just flat, but he, he explained how things work. And I've, you know, when I was a little kid, I used to take alarm clocks apart and put them back together and things like that. I don't know, ever since the chip entered the universe, I don't know electronics now. But when I was a kid, I, you know, when I was even living in New York uh, on Chamber Street with my daughter, we had a TV set which broke down periodically and I would take out all the tubes and go test them in the local store and replace them. You know, I, I just was interested in how how things tick always, you know, in nature and in mechanics and so on. So math is kind of was kind of an, a natural for me the way Max taught it because what he was really teaching was astronomy. And you can see that sense of wonder everywhere in your early artworks to the ones that you just shared Thank with you. us today Thank you. Thank you. Uh, with the beautiful um, copper over paper and all these textures and they're just a wonderful meditation. I think an expression you've used was uh, on the nature of nature. Yes. There's something about this life I have and I've had since I was a child about studying the creativity of the arcane. I've been studying Egypt since I was six. And that's that's where I go every day. <laughs> you were talking about time and the your experience of time. And you you said you don't experience it as a well it's not linear. I don't know. How would you say? It's hard for me, for myself, to define what the past is. Mm. So when I was doing the, the work at DIA, I felt like I had thought about this work and formed it yesterday. Mm. But then, as I said, I have extensive diary notes on it. So it was easy to go back to 80, uh, 73 diaries and look at it and then share it with all the people that, that were working with me at DIA. And of course, you know, like th they have only seen this in reproduction. They don't know what the work behind the work. Right. And so once we were talking about, and we had to try, the big reason it took three years is that um, none of the materials exist. We had to substitute and test new materials to substitute for the old materials, nothing. You know, it's like Rauschenberg went, lost one of the Coke bottles for his work and he couldn't, he finally found one in a mountain in India or something, you know, like, you know, it's that, that kind of thing. I mean, the stuff that was so ordinary, paper that was so ordinary, we had to have special paper made and, you know, so that's what really, really took the time. But in terms of the time, the sequential time, I experienced 
very little difference between yesterday and today in, in my work. How many hours do you put in to studio work? You know, you don't I, don't, I don't really think of my life that way. I think, you know, it's all one piece. You know, I don't consider going to Coney Island, you know, different than working in a way because I'm looking, I'm experiencing, I'm taking photographs. Um, you know, I'm existing just on a different plane than I exist in my work. But, you know, and, uh, you know, I can't, I could no longer work 15 straight hours, which I've done most of my life. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I want to, you know, I, Rauschenberg made that famous statement about the gap between life and art. I don't experience a gap. I just like it's it's all the same thing, and I think maybe, perhaps it's because I've cut off anything that presented a gap. I don't know. I mean, you know, I I realize at this point how how happy my life is because I don't have intolerable situations. I've cut them out or let them go or let them grow or, you know, all that stuff. When did you learn to trust yourself? I think I was born that way. I don't think it, I don't think there was an aha moment uh, because I remember when I was very young, really a child, just feeling like I knew better than that, you know, that what somebody was telling me. I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I, and I remember that real when I was very young. You know, my family told this story that when I was about four, uh, I announced to the family that they had to call me by my my family and friends uh, by my full name, Dorothea, that I wasn't going to answer to it for. It was a good answer to any. It was a good answer to Dorothy or Dottie or Thea or anything else. I wasn't going to answer to any nickname, and I didn't. I was pretty self-composed. <laughs> In mathematics and astronomy, I think of it as solutions and equations and problem sets and coming to like a, a deeper understanding. How does that translate to art and to your art? See, I don't really think of it that way. You know, I think about really the universe. Why am I here? Why are you here? What are we doing in this momentary <laughs> situation, you know, which will all turn to dust in not too long a time, you know? Does digital now, are we losing something organic? Or do you feel like it's actually a pretty fantastic way to marry Absolutely. mathematics and the organic way? Absolutely. I, I cannot get over the glories of cell phones and the computer. I just, you know, I'm not good at either of them, but because of my generation, you know. But I just, I mean, I think it's just so amazing to bridge some gaps. Like, for instance, you never have to be lonely again. You know, you could listen to music on your cell phone as you walk. Mm. You know, 
there, you know, you, you never have, and by lonely, lonely is about being bored. You never have to be bored. There's all of this stuff you can choose to do. It's like living on the edge of the ocean, you know, and looking at the ocean every day. I just think it's so, I'm, I'm so happy I live in the age I live in. A lot of artists might look at other artists' work and what I'm hearing from you, there's not an envy of other people's no. work. No. So a lot of admiration. Yeah. For others. I love, Solely admiration. I love yeah. the work of Bob Ryman. I think it's just, he was an extraordinary artist. And I love the work of uh, Bryce uh, Martin. Beautiful. And other, many other artists. I just, you know, I'm so happy to be alive when they're alive and working because seeing a Bryce Martin show, I see the Ryman show, and when you go to Dia, you'll see his work there. Just such an original thinker. And the thing is that, you know, like with mathematics, it's with Bryce, every work is an autobiography. And that's how mathematicians are. Every equation is an autobiography. But how, may I say then, do you not consider your own work? Or autobiographical in the same way because you're identifying theirs as no I think of it as autobiographical but not as distinctively autobiographical as Bryce's Bryce's right. work is very autobiographical right and I, th I think he's one of the great artists of the 21st century I really do no no it is definitely very powerful oh. and physical and <coughs> But I guess maybe you're saying theirs is autobiographical and yours is perhaps autobiographical, but you're listening as I'm much. I'm listening to the universe. Yes, as much I'm as I'm not just listening story. to myself. Yeah. You know, or or living my work in that way. I'm because I have this mathematical talent. I'm trying to figure out the universe. Mm. Small goal. <laughs> I hear myself <laughs> talking. Want to get involved with exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info. Thank you for listening.